The Pat Kenny Show. With the Jaguar E-Pace. Beautiful by design and dynamic to drive. Delivering performance that is unmistakably Jaguar. This is News Talk. Now, uh, puppy farms have a terrible reputation, especially when so many dogs uh, left in rescue centres are waiting to be rehomed. But sometimes only a particular puppy will do. So how do you make sure that you're buying from an ethical breeder? Pete Wedderburn joins me now, Pete the Vet, to guide us. And if you've got a question for Pete, uh, get them into us now by texting 53106 or tweet us at Pat Kenny NT. Uh, Pete, good morning. Good morning. Now, uh, we're kind of moving away from the idea of buying from breeders if we can and buying from rescue centres, but sometimes they want a particular breed. Yes, I'd, these days I'd always say to people, even if you're looking for a particular type of puppy, do go to rescue centres first because they have a remarkable range of animals looking for homes and you'd be surprised how often they'll find one that will suit you. So don't don't just gravitate towards buying a particular breed or whatever because it's what you have in your head. Do look at all the options before making your mind up. But I know that when I say that, there are some people who just do want to have, I don't know, that little Cavalier King Charles or that little Bichon Frise or that little Whippet. They have it in their head. They want a particular animal. And I, we just have to recognise that and make sure that if they're going to do that, they do it as effectively as possible. Now, the term a puppy farm is a pejorative. When did so-called puppy farming begin? Well, I mean... In my mind, it goes back kind of 20, 25 years ago when the government was encouraging farmers to diversify because sometimes uh, farming generally can be be, be quite difficult and and hard to make a living at it. And there was a very obvious demand from an increasingly wealthy Irish population for these lovely pedigree populations puppies at a price and so why not in in theory you could say well if you can breed um, cattle and sheep why can't you breed dogs you know you can produce lambs and calves why not produce puppies and so that's kind of where it started it was actually encouraged by the government in the beginning mm. now there are puppy farms and puppy farms um, they all might be labeled as puppy farms some mm. of them uh, quite tidy ethical breeding operations mm. and others enormous factories yes um, all Anybody who's got more than six breeding bitches has to be registered as a dog breeding establishment. And in that way, they have to be inspected by the local authority and they have to come up to meet certain guidelines. So there is a degree of regulation. But that said, a lot of animal welfare people out there would feel that whereas it might be fine for somebody to have, I don't know, 10 or 20 breeding bitches that are in in a lovely environment, if they've got 100 or 200 or 300 breeding bitches, they would say it's impossible to actually give them good quality lives and to ensure the puppies are reared in a way that they grow up to be um, healthy physically and also psychologically because one of the really important things we recognise these days is that puppies have to have good socialisation between around, around two weeks of age and, and 12 weeks of age they have to do lots of mingling with people and normal household situations if they don't get that when they grow up to be adults they're fearful mm-hmm. and that fearfulness can turn into aggression and so there's studies have been done that show that um, puppies that come from these big puppy farms have a higher chance of being just not good pets. And, and uh, we years ago bred a, a bitch and we had uh, puppies and I watched the mother teach mm. them everything mm. for the first few weeks. I mm. mean, it's quite amazing. So they need to be taught how to behave as a dog as well. They do but by, by a dog and they need to be taught how to interact with humans by humans. And if you've got you know, 200 bitches producing puppies, you're just not going to manage to do that.
Um, because they do need a little bit of space, play space, mm. uh, and they play with each other, the puppies yes. do, and they play with the mother, and the mother puts manners on them and all mm. that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, if you've got a uh, hundred breeding bitches and a litter size might average maybe six to eight puppies, sometimes mm. even more, mm. and the selling price of a puppy is 500 euro, Plus, we're talking about big business. You are, yeah. The, if, if you do the sums, the turnover is immense. And so it is very profitable, especially compared to many other types of farming. And so if somebody's got space in the countryside and they have an inclination to do this, you can see why it's it, it can be attractive. And, you know, um, the problem is that um, it's very difficult for, for punters when they're looking for a puppy to know where a puppy is coming from. And that's really the big issue that's, that we're having to tackle. So how do you make sure that you get a puppy from a reputable dealer? Yes. Um, what you, so, so in, see, puppy farmers, the big puppy farmers, are very good at pretending to be little reputable breeders. And um, th- that's been recognised by, by the animal welfare um, groups out there. And there's a very good website called IPAG, I-P-A-A-G dot I-E, that has got a downloadable list of what you have to check to try to reduce the risk of you going to the wrong type of breeder. But as well as that, the new thing that I'm going to mention this week is that there's, there's a, a new website that's been set up by a young vet called Tim Kirby. And this website is called petbond.ie. And b- basically, Tim recognises the immense importance in buying a puppy from the right sort of breeder. So, what, And he's seen the consequences himself of what happens when people buy unhealthy pups from industrial-scale puppy farmers. So what he's done is he set up Pet Bond as a way of making sure that he only lists on that website advertisements for puppies that are ready to be sold and that those puppies come from um, both pedigree dog breeders and also rescue centres where he's checked them out to make sure they're doing everything properly. That includes having vet checks for the pups, having proper vaccinations, parasite control, and also that the puppies are properly microchipped and registered. I mean, there are lots of uh, online classifiers where you can buy puppies these days and you can get all sorts of dogs there, but there's not the same level of checks as Pet Bond is doing. So we're all hoping, um, vets and, and animal welfare groups across the country are hoping that this type of website, petbond.ie, will, will, will make it easier for people to avoid the mistakes that folks so many, so commonly okay. make. Petbond.ie is where mm. you'll find all that information. They mm. also do other things. I believe they offer free veterinary care to homeless people who've got a, a dog. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting because Petbond is very much an idealistic website. It's been set up as, as a kind of social enterprise. And as part of that, um, they're, they're putting whatever funds they can generate, they're putting towards helping dogs of homeless people at Father um, Peter McVeigh place. No. So um, it's, it's interesting. It's great, some, great stuff. Some of the comments coming in, I know puppy farms in apartment blocks in Tala. They are sold on done deal then. Um, mm. Some questions. We're expecting a baby and our cavachon still sleeps in our room. Help. She cries for hours if we try to move her downstairs. Any advice? Baby supplanting the cavachon. <laughs> yeah, that's a challenging situation. I think, you know, you have to, if you want to move the dog, you have to Plan it very carefully and gradually. And the idea would be that you get you get probably get a puppy crate, which is a wire cage that you put the dog's bed into, and some toys and some food and some water. And you you, you get the, introduce that to the dog during the daytime, and so it becomes a normal place for the dog to go. You don't force them into it. It becomes the normal place where they go to rest. And then over time, you can increase the amount of time they spend there, and then gradually change over. Um, but I, I think it's difficult when a dog has very well established habits. So like that. even have the cage in the bedroom and and make that his bed you and could, then move you, it down. That would be another way of doing it. Yeah. Whatever you, you do, you should try to 
change things gradually so that the dog doesn't feel as a big shock to the system. Um, a couple of questions, I'm sure, on the same topic. This is my first major storm with my new dog. Is there anything I should be doing to lessen the stress on him? He's a three-year-old rescue Labrador, and he's a pretty laid-back dog most days. Yeah, dogs can be very sensitive, especially to, to things like um, air pressures and, and also e- electrical disturbances in the air. It's like they pick up on these things, as well as the sounds, of course. So the ideal... Um, situation is to set up a kind of den for your dog. What I have in mind would be maybe a, a cupboard under the stairs or the or a, or a boiler room somewhere where where it's warm and cozy and it's somewhat insulated from from the outside yeah. from noise. You can and stick so it on, on a radio, something like that. It's also to good to put on a radio, and you can go a bit further than that. You can get plug-in diffusers that emit pheromones, which are calming scents that dog, um, dogs like and it makes them feel more relaxed and chilled. And if your dog gets very upset, do talk to your vet because it's certainly possible to give um, anti-anxiety medication um, to stop dogs getting really agitated. I'm researching getting a new Labradoodle puppy. Any mm. place I've looked seems to neuter the puppies before you get them. Is this standard practice? Uh, yeah, well... Unfortunately, some people who breed particular types of designer breeds don't want anybody else to breed them as well because they, because they would rather have the market to themselves. And so there are some people who make sure all the pets that they produce are neutered before they sell them. Just to stop competition. Well, they would argue that there's other reasons, but in my mind, it's, it seems obvious that they don't want other people to, to, to compete with them to keep the prices high. And that's the reality. Uh, I have a 10-year-old dog, and in the past six months, his behavior has changed completely. He used to sleep all night long in the house. Now he walks around all night, coming in and out of the bedroom where we sleep, keeping us awake. We've taken him to the vet twice. They say nothing wrong with him, but we're exhausted. Uh, We can't put him out because he's always been in the house. Any advice on what to do would be greatly appreciated from Patricia. What age did she say the dog was? Ten. He's not that old. And changing behavior, though, at this advanced stage in his life. I mean, you would think that this may be something to do with canine cognitive disorder which is like doggy Alzheimer's essentially and there are some medications and food supplements that are meant to help a bit and you know again I would say it's, it'd be worth um, talking to your vet about that about the possible uh, possibility of some of those medications not all vets um, use these at high levels because the effects are sometimes not as dramatic as you'd like them to be but they do help a bit I'd also look at things like leaving lights on some dogs as they get older they get distressed if it's completely dark at night and also some dogs if they're in a part of the house that's cold um, I, I know dogs where people have started to put a, a little a jersey or a jacket on the dog and that helps them settle as well so there's a few different things you can try A final question I have a Bichon Freeze female 10 months old I find when I call her, she won't come to me. I have to bribe her with treats to even bring her inside when she's out. Our other adult Bichon is not like that. Any ideas? From well, that's down to training. Uh, you, you basically need to repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly to the point of complete tedium um, call your dog to come back in return for a treat and over a long period of time the dog will gradually just do it automatically without the treat. But you do have to do it Probably, I would be doing it like six times, like have six small sessions a day of this for a week. It's really tedious and, and frustrating because it doesn't always happen. But if you do that, you will win eventually. It's the only way. All right, Pete Wedderburn, Pete the Vet, uh, thank you very much for joining us.